So we are recording? Sure. Speak so loud and with loud and with vigor. I have to speak with vigor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for everybody who's watching us on Facebook Live right now on the Most Likely to Succeed in Hawaii uh, Facebook uh, page, uh, this is Ryan Ozawa. Hi, Ryan. Aloha. And my name is Josh Rapoon. Uh, Hi, Josh. I, I am at MLTS in Hawaii. Ryan is actually at Hawaii on Twitter. I have so, uh, been over that. <laughs> I have a question for you. Sure. How early did you have to wake up to get at Hawaii when I've, Twitter first opened? It was their first year, 2006, November of 2006. So at that point, you could get pretty much anything you wanted. It just seems extraordinary to me that you're the guy that has at Hawaii. That's I'm, not the one that gets me into trouble, except perhaps with uh, politics. Uh, it's mostly the Instagram handle that tends to get people very excited. So you have at Hawaii and Instagram as yes. well? Boy, you two lines at once. <laughs> it's I love Hawaii. You must have split yourself in half in order to be able to get those two. Well, they were at different times, but yeah. yeah. It's very cool. So this is the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast series. Um, Ryan and I are here at Halau Inana, which is a innovation space in Moili'ili. Um, and it's managed by, or was built by, and designed by, and, man- and is managed by um, Kamehameha Schools. So we're super grateful to Kamehameha um, to be able to use this space. Um, and so uh, what school could be, if you're not sure what that is, it's actually the title of a book by Ted Dintersmith. Um, he released it about a year and a half ago. It has been number one on the bestseller list on Amazon in the education category for um, a year and a half now. Um, it followed his year-long trip around the country from uh, 2015 to 2016. Um, he went to all 50 states, um, every corner of every state. Um, and what he was carrying with him in his suitcase was the film Most Likely to mm-hmm, Succeed. Mm-hmm. You've seen that film? Yep. They've, you've screened it here in Honolulu quite a, quite a few times. Yes, I did. Uh, actually screened it here at Halau once. Um, and so after Ted was done with his 50-state tour... And uh, by that time, there were probably upwards of 30,000 screenings of most likely across the country. Um, He wrote a book called What School Could Be. And it's a a love letter, if you will, to innovative educators and education leaders that he discovered all over the United States. And um, the chapter about Hawaii is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, And so um, I've had the privilege over the last three and a half years of being Ted's sort of uh, agent on the ground in Hawaii. And uh, so the next big project starts today. Excellent. It's going to be the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast series. So we're doing this Facebook Live. Um, Ryan and I are are getting all the equipment. We just got our equipment pulled out of the boxes for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were just going to have a conversation here and archive the conversation as a way of getting started with this podcast. So what got you excited? What, well, actually, let me ask you this. What was the first podcast series that you remember sort of getting excited about? Well, that's an interesting question. So I got into podcasting before it was really out there. Uh, it was Dave Weiner, who is a internet uh, innovator from the mid-90s, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave Curry, who was a radio... No, actually, he was an MTV, I think, VJ, and he got excited about the idea of 
delivering audio files over the internet. Now, this right. is pre-iPod. This is pre-pretty much anything. Um, you know, this is when real audio and real video was the uh, technology of the day. I'm not even sure anyone remembers that. Mm-hmm. So they were really excited about the possibility of some technology that could download audio delivered in sequence to your computer. But it is nowhere near as elegant and as beautiful a solution as it was today. Right. I remember really early on, um, this idea of a podcast came across my radar screen when I was teaching at La Pietra, Hawaii School for Girls. Um, I had won a sort of very strange little technology award. I really Hmm. wasn't doing anything at that point significant, except I was blogging in class. So I was giving the kids an opportunity to extend the Socratic seminars that we had in our European and U.S. history classes by using something called a blog. And at that point, it was really called a threaded Conversation. I don't think sure. the word blog had shown up yet. And so as a result of that, a student nominated me for a little Nextel award, and I, I ended up getting um, a MacBook, which was a miracle. Mm-hmm. It was a gift from the gods. Um, and very quickly, I discovered this thing called a podcast. And I think I realized pretty early on that this could be a stool, uh, sorry, a, a tool in, in students' hands that could be quite powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would give them an opportunity to demonstrate their learning in a way that was very non-traditional. It's not on a test. It's not an essay test or a multiple choice test. It's actually sort of a, a story that they tell using the podcast medium about something that they're working on. So let's say, for example, they, they do a term paper on the Civil War or some aspect of the Civil War. Then they turn that into a podcast. And I remember... I don't quite actually remember how the technology worked at that point, but I remember how exciting it was for one student who figured it out really quick. Mm-hmm. And then she did her first podcast, and I put it up on my on my iWeb site, which was joshrapoon.com. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a neat moment, but but that was before I even knew about any podcasts that were out there mm-hmm. to listen to. So I wasn't quite there yet. But there's a, it's definitely an exciting medium. I mean, even today, it has that sort of pirate radio, independent indie media sort of uh, feel to it. There's a lot of money in it now. There's a lot of big brands involved. There's people trying to make uh, both startup investments as well as traditional investments, saying that it's uh, a platform of the future. But despite the, all of that kind of mainstream attention, the sort of grassroots part of podcasting is still strong and still uh, thriving out there. So I think that it's perfect that uh, you seize upon this as one of the ways of, you know, amplifying the voices of innovators in education. Right. I remember um, back about five or six years ago, um, I do a lot of long distance biking and um, had an accident where I broke both my wrists. I I was okay, but I was grounded for a while. So I couldn't bike and I couldn't swim. And so I had to walk in order to keep my exercise uh, regime going. And so I would go on these hour-long walks, and that was the moment where I discovered the podcast store. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first one that I discovered was called On Being with Krista Tippett. And it really, it was a very reflective moment. It was a near miss for me. And you, you know how you, for the next year, you're sort of grateful to be alive. And for some reason, that show really touched me. I loved her interviews. I loved the way that she structured her interviews. She always starts every interview with, what is your faith? What faith background do you come from? And then she would go, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> boy, that's going to be 
like, that's not going to work. <laughs> well, we um, can edit that out in post. That out. That's yes, how that works. We can do that. Um, but then she would go off on all these different directions in science and spirituality and history and all of that. So that was that was a great first one. What was another one that you loved in the very beginning? Well, when I got into podcasting, I was interested in, as you are, amplifying local voices. So there was a local technology group, and there were probably five or six podcasts launched out of that group, and we all listened to each other's show. We all had a listenership of about six, Um, but it was all about whatever we were doing in Hawaii. Um, The next uh, kind of genre that developed that seized me was a podcast about TV shows. And it was really the TV show Lost that was filmed here. Um, The great thing about that is even though my wife and I started a podcast about that and were very successful at it, it soon became such a thing that the ABC studios themselves started their own podcast about the show. So that was sort of our first validation that there was something here. Today, I just listened to a lot of public radio podcasts, some music podcasts, and definitely a lot of pop culture and film podcasts. I don't get out to see movies, or I definitely don't keep up with music, but I can listen to other people having conversations about them and feel like I'm keeping up with the uh, with the times. I remember there was another marker moment that I had um, back when I first met my wife, Cheryl Ansi, who's the uh, publisher now of Hawaii Business Magazine, but back then she was working in, in radio and television. And we were over at a friend's house. So there's a guy in Hawaii named Malin Moore. And he's, mm-hmm. if you if you hear the traffic reports on the radio stations, that's Malin. Or if you hear a commercial that's voiced by somebody, nine times out of ten, it's going to be Malin. So I remember going over to his house one time with Cheryl. And he was telling us about how he had, he had a, his laptop. He'd set up his laptop. And he was broadcasting from his laptop all throughout Kahala. So basically he was he was doing a radio station. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was such a light bulb moment. I'm like, wow, if you can do that, and, and I'm sure the radius was a mile at that point, but if you could be a mile, then you could be 10 miles, you could be 10,000 miles. I think that was one of those moments where I really picked up the power of that kind of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And of course, podcasting is global. Anywhere you have internet connection, at least, that does that is a limiting factor in some places. But for a significant portion of the world, it's now accessible. So no matter how... Uh, discreet or fringe or, you know, unusual you might think your voice is or your message might be, you're going to be able to find an audience. Right. So that brings us back around to the What School Could Be podcast series, sure. What School Could Be in Hawaii. So I'm really excited about this. I think that this is a very special moment in Hawaii's history and Hawaii's education history. In fact, I've been paying attention to education in Hawaii for a really long time. I think even around our family dinner table when I was just a kid, we were talking about education. It's never been off the table. But um, since I became a teacher in 94 and I got my master's in education in 99 and I've taught at, at Punahou and at La Pietra and Iolani and I've done at, at tech at two different schools, um, I think that Hawaii is at an inflection moment. I feel like we have an opportunity now to be national or global or both leaders in education, in innovation, in creativity, in imagination. And Ted Dintersmith, the author of What School Could Be, also believes that to be the case. He's been saying it publicly. He's been back to Hawaii 12 times. He's tweeted about it. He's written about it. And um, I'm inspired by that. And so 
part of the reason that I think that's happening is that we are starting to learn how to tell our stories of the bright spots of education that are in every part of every island here in Hawaii, on Kauai, on Maui, on Lanai, on Hawaii Island, on Oahu. It's truly remarkable. And so um, I don't want to be a fanboy. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be naive. I know that there are serious problems that have to be solved here in our Department of Education and even in our charter and private schools. But I feel like this is a moment to sort of lift ourselves up and tell our stories. And that's what we're going to do with this podcast series. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited to be working with you. Oh, I'm excited to be involved. And, you know, I hope that the voices you amplify, some of them might challenge you. Some of them might disagree with you. I think those might be some of the better conversations that you're going to have. Um, Because, you know, there's not one prescription, not one size fits all for every educator and for every student. But I think by diversifying the voices, by exploring the different stories, I think everyone is going to be able to find something to take away that they can apply. Absolutely. So I guess this is a good moment to tell people what our first four interviews are going to be. Sure. Um, What the heck. Um, So we're going to be interviewing on August 24th. That's our recording date. Um, Melissa Speechens, who's the principal at Waimea Canyon Middle School, she's doing something called 20% Time, and I've seen it in action, and I'm super impressed by it, and I'm excited that we get a chance to talk to her about that. We're also going to be interviewing um, Janice Ochoa Blaber out of Keaau Elementary. She is amazing. She's doing everything under the sun to get um, her students engaged. Um, And I think that's going to be a crazy good conversation with her. We're also interviewing Katina Suarez, who's the principal at Molokai High School. Um, She's working with something called the Innovation Playlist, which is uh, that Ted Dintersmith introduced to her, and I helped train some of her faculty on it. So I'm excited to talk about that. And then we have Kui Capero, um, who's out of Kamehameha Schools, Maui. Um, He's a really interesting educator. So we got three principals and one Uh, educator in the classroom. So we'll get a chance to talk about some of the innovations that are happening at KS Maui, which will be exciting. And it's worth pointing out that this is a statewide initiative. You're from all the islands. And uh, through the support of Ted Dintersmith, you'll be able to bring them in and have those conversations. It felt absolutely right to bring people in from the neighbor islands um, in the very beginning. Um, because that's where some of the best innovations and are happening in our Department of Education and also in our private schools and charter schools. Um, and so what will happen is we're going to record on the on August 24th. We're super excited to have a partnership with um, Keala Kehe Middle School. That's our state teacher of the year, Matthew Williams, and mm. he's the director of their media program. His students are going to be here on the 24th to participate in the recording, and then they're going to do post-production. What is post-production, Ryan? That's taking the uh, raw audio that we're recording right now and turning it into something actually beautiful. <laughs> cool. So they're going to take uh, the, the files, they're going to po- post-product uh, them, produce them. Post-produce, yes. Post-produce. And out of that will come uh, a series of files, and those files will ultimately become podcasts. And we're going to re- release them every Monday in September, starting on September 3rd. Um, so there will be a very regular rhythm to this. And uh, that, that'll be a way we go. Absolutely. The, the sky is only the beginning on this thing. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. So thank you, Ryan. No, I thank you. this moment. Okay, so now we got to figure out how to turn off Facebook Live, right? So i got yeah, go to go over there to squeeze out of your Squeeze out of my chair. chair and... <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, finish. That's the right button. You're going to see the bottom of my chin. <laughs> I will be so interested.